Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Loosehead Sports Show, the number one sports show on planet Earth, proudly brought to you each and every week by the terrible human that runs Caffeine Gump Australia. Try it or fuck you. What's going on, yeah. man? How, how are you? I'm flat out. I'm flat stick. I'm 30 years old. As Happy well. birthday the other day, by the way. Thank you. It was a, it was a very, did you know, I, I mentioned this week of airing grievances, but um, I didn't get a single message from my friends till five o'clock in the afternoon. I, I, do, you, do you know what I think it is? I think Facebook used to be the thing where you'd go for birthdays, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And now, like, I don't even look at it anymore because if you go to the news feed on Facebook, it's just add, 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 some sort of newspaper article, add, Kiwi sports fans criticizing their own people, add, do you know what I mean? So I didn't yeah, know, I, know, I didn't know until you go. Oh, it's my birthday! I'm like, fuck, happy birthday! Oh well, I, I don't like, but the I don't expect like to get a thousand messages. But the the two people I've told the day before, just to remind it, it is my birthday tomorrow. When they one of them rang me up like, "Hey, mate, can you make it to the ten year school reunion this weekend?" And I was like, "Well, I'd rather be poked in the fucking eye." Also, <laughs> is there anything you're missing? And he's just forgot. So I got a fucking awful friend. That's all it made me think. Uh, look, at least you have some friends. That's a positive. Huge um, positive. Talk yeah, to this, me. There's been a lot going on in the world in the last couple of weeks. And um, I know that you normally plan some stuff. So did you want to take the lead? The things you, you haven't you haven't come up with anything? Well, that's good. Well, let's I've got let, I mean there's a lot there's a lot that's happened on the surface. We've missed like our own rugby lives. Um, and then there's been a lot happening in the world of rugby as well, as well as well, let's talk about rugby, and then I've got some other things to bring up with you. Talk us through the weekend. Uh, obviously made it through the finals, which was not guaranteed given the state of the competition, really. I think it might have been for you guys, but a, a number of teams were sort of on the cusp there. How did you guys go? Uh, you yeah, optimistic it's, heading into yeah. the rest of the year? Yeah. I've got to be honest, I wasn't watching the, um, the latter a hell of a lot. I was just like – Whatever happens, like you just got to win three games, like in the finals, and like I, oh, the difference between I honestly think that there's some lower ranked teams that are significantly better than teams in the top four. Um, no, I'm not talking about my team. I just think like there's some teams in the top four I'd rather play than teams in the bottom four, and just based on who comes back and what's going on. So I didn't. The, the most important thing is to have a bit of. You know, be on a bit of a roll coming in, I think. Be, have a bit of confidence coming to the final. So that was the most important thing about winning and beating Para, um, who are a good team. But, yeah, mate, that was that was it really. It's just finding a little bit of rhythm. Found a little bit of rhythm and then um, sat back for five minutes and watched the rest of the games play out. You guys knocking off Gordon, was it? Who it, was a we- it was a weird feeling. The, they had to get a bonus point win. Yeah. To have a chance to go to have a chance of going through, and then Norths had to beat East and East not get a bonus point. So the boys had the boys had gone out and won, and it was amazing. Everyone on the, the field, anyone to do with the game, players, touch, touch line runners, all that kind of shit were over were over the moon. And Bubba and I are standing, you know, with Margo next to each other going, uh, we didn't get through because we knew the result of the other game. So it was like amazing win on the bell, but um didn't didn't come away with anything from it, so it was a, it was a weird feeling. Um, I guess winning it's a huge bummer. I mean, it's a it's a it's a good season, regardless. But it's a like I've been in that spot only once actually, where you sort of 
got to win the last game and get a result. And it's not a great, it's not a very nice feeling. Um, it's look, it was, it was weird because incredible win, you know, kicking the goal on the bell to win against Gordon at Gordon, always good. Uh, I don't, I don't, when I say always, I don't think I've done it before, but yeah, to not, to not have a result come away with it, you know, it's a bit disappointing. But look, um, as an outsider going in there and seeing the progress that they've made, um, they were genuinely disappointed that they didn't go through. And I think considering they've been a lot of the top teams this year, uh, potentially some of the teams that made it might have been pleased that Hunter didn't qualify, I think. Because um, if they got it, if they get it right on the day, they could beat anyone in my in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, bit of a wild card. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, I... Yeah, it's a funny one. I mean, there's teams I'd like to play and there's teams... Yeah, I don't know. Man. It really, look, it doesn't matter. I mean, I've been in... We, we came into the final... Oh, by the way, I, look, as much as... Like, I still am not a fan of the eight-man finals. I think if we came eighth and missed, I'm still not... Like, and that's just the way life is. So I would have stuck by that. Um, and that could happen on the weekend. But I just think... So if you guys a, lose, you're out, hey? Yeah. So you got to win every game. So it's only if you come first or second, yeah, or do third and fourth, get another crack at it as well. No, third and fourth, get another crack at it. Um, but like we came fifth in twenty twenty, and like we had a mixed year, you know. But you just got to win three games, four games in a row. You just—that's yeah. what you got to win. I mean, to get to a grand final, you got to win three games. So be, pick three decent teams randomly of the top six, beat them, and you make a grand final. So. You know, any year, I suppose, particularly now that there's eight, you just like you can come eight. You just got to win three games. You know, that's that's it. Well, while we're talking about it, let's do a little bit of a preview of the first round of finals. So we've got Saturday at three ten, North Sydney Oval, Northern Suburbs play the Manly Marlins. Who are you picking in that game? If you are a gambling man, North, which which of course you're not. North. Why? Right, look, well, it's, why it's, do you think North? I think it's mainly a six on the trot, aren't they? I'm not sure. We beat them. Like it's, it's very hard. It's very hard to, to like. I think they're on a bit of a slide, um, and it's hard to, it's hard to get out of that. Like, fuck, we were, we were on a slide this year. It took weeks and weeks and weeks. It's mentally very tough with the pressure of going to the finals. Norse are just the world drilled side. They're there every year. They always go a long way. I think Norse will win as well. Sydney Universe Randwick Saturday, 3.30 at the Sydney Uni football ground. I struggle oh, yeah. to see anyone beating Uni just quietly, but I'd like to know your yeah, opinion. So do I, but then they go and lose a couple of games this year to like you know lower ranked sides. So uh, look, I think um I think Uni will win. I'm with you there. I'd be putting my money on Uni. Uh, okay, Eastwood versus East. That is a very interesting game. I think East are on the way up, mm. and but I think you guys have so much depth. Where's in- that game? Eric Tweedale Stadium. Can you explain that one to me? Shouldn't it be at Milner? Fuck, good question, man. Uh, the answer is there's currently a lot of. Well, it's been brushed to the side. Fuck it, rugby's rugby. We've got to play a fucking game. Get over it. But. The fact that we are the one of the only teams that we've got ones, twos, and threes all playing in a row, and we're playing at Paris home ground. Um, safe to say, I don't think the rugby side was stoked that that happened. 
So, is it um, fair to say that the rumours that the people who run Milner couldn't get ground staff for the day and that's why that happened? No, I don't believe so. Okay. You're very diplomatic. Okay, I'm going to pick East in that one and I think we should start the hashtag anyone but Eastwood. Cool. Um, you'd agree with that, surely. Anyone but Eastwood. Yeah, do whatever you want. <laughs> I hope you guys win, uh, only because you got Wayne Borzak playing for you, and I'm a big, big fan of that guy. Yes. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, Pit Water, that's on Saturday, and then there's a game on Sunday between the Warringah Rats and the Gordon Highlanders at Pit Water Rugby Park, 3.05 Sunday. Only, that's a really tough game to pick. Really tough game to pick. I thought, and this is just me being totally honest, they scored three more tries against us on the weekend, and then they pretty much put all their bullets away and didn't fire another shot for the rest of the game. Um, I don't know. I think if they, I think if their forwards get into the game and they can play for longer than 40 minutes, Gordon are probably going to be tough to beat. But they didn't do that against Hunter. So. It's gonna be tight. It's gonna be a tight game. Like they're they're definitely like more scrum driven, but it's not like they're more these in Sydney Uni. Um, it's still very good, but it's not Sydney Uni. The Rats are have got a decent set piece. So look, it made uh, Rats are hard to beat at home. I think Rats might edge it. Yeah, I'm gonna go roll roll of the dice. It could go either way. I wouldn't be surprised if the Rats win, but I'm gonna pick the Highlanders. Now, obviously, you're going to be very biased and say Eastwood here, but uh, excluding Eastwood, who's favourite to take out the comp at the moment, in your opinion? Uni. I, I think it'll be very hard to beat Uni. Yeah, they're really they're very, very, very well drilled, and they've, they've perfected the style of over 40 kicks a game. More. You know, A-zone conversion. Yeah. That's, what I, they, that's all the comp is, and that's why, like, you can literally go to any week – and almost every team that lost had less kicks. So we're living in a realm of kicking and they've perfected it. So I, I agree. I agree. I'd be putting my money on Eastwood. We're in talk, uh, not Eastwood, uni. I have had a few drinks today. I've uh, just discovered fella. Have you had a fella before? Chopping yeah, I've had a fella. Fellas. Very nice. I'm having a uh, non alcoholic fella at the moment. Very similar. We're both big soda water guys. Big Always soda been. Water. I just thought, you know, um, there's a lot going on in the world. I very rarely pay attention to things because I normally get my news through you. That's why we do this podcast. But um, I've actually seen a bit this week and it's fucking got me. Hey, there's, some cra- there's some crazy shit going on, um, sport and non-sport. I just want to talk about the Ken Catchball medal before we oh, well, get, fucking, get into You've come to the right place then. You've come yeah, to the I, right place. I, to I, that. That's on tonight. That's on tonight. I'm picking Bubba Coleman for Coach of the Year. Um, I struggled to see anyone else getting it taking the Hunter wildfires from whatever they were the last couple of years to narrowly missing the finals, nine wins. I you think reckon I'll give it to Solosi? I think, if, I think if Parramatta had continued their trajectory, trajectory, I've only had half a drink, I'm slurring already. Trajectory, he would have got it for sure, but I, I think they've fallen off a little bit at the back end of the year. Uh, I don't think yeah. Hunter have. Well, so. the, the English blokes left and the Ken Cashball, I mean, it's, Who wins it? Who wins it? What are your thoughts on it in general? Mate, I couldn't even tell you who's in it, and it's just a fucking stupid award. It's a waste of time. 
I it used to be the most prestigious award. Number of Wallabies won it. Um, number of it, it was definitely the best player in the competition. I had confirmation last week, and I forgot to bring it up. I think it isn't actually voted on by the refs anymore. The coaches vote on it, um, which I found quite interesting, considering some of the people selected. I can't find the article for it. Um, are any of the Woods boys in the running for it? Yeah, Ratu and Chris Bell are both were both in the running. I don't think either of them won. Like I'm speak like this will be after the awards anyway. I don't, I don't think because um, I don't even know if they can attend. I don't know if they knew the details of attending, but look, it's just, I don't know. I don't know why it's ended this way, but growing up, all the guys who used to win it were the best players in the comp. And in the last decade, it's your, it's your captain, your kicker, your 10 or your seven. That's it. They so That's who gets the points. Because like after, particularly after a loss, you know, coaches like, yeah, you know, fuck it, give it to so-and-so. Just like whoever's on their head, like it's it's just proven year after year to be stupid. One of the biggest travesties potentially in world sport for the last couple of years is when uh, the C word ended our season last year. Andrew Tuwala was high in the running for catch pole medalist, and that would have been the first front rower ever to take yeah. it. Yeah, I mean so. he's a very good player, but like it's just I don't know. It's just proven I, I couldn't I I genuinely couldn't give a shit, and I I mean that respectfully to the players. Because they don't elect themselves, but you know, if you're a good player, you know, if you're the best player in the comp, someone will sign you. But they can catch balls, sort of. Just, I'm sure old dinosaurs out there think it's great to go to and have a schooner, but it's just, it's a stupid award. You ever meet him? No, I met him once at a bar in Bathurst. I think it was him. How do you? <laughs> Who's? What do you mean? It was him. I've, from memory, it was him. From memory, it was him. Um, Funny bloke, funny bloke. Enjoyed a beer. Yeah, well, yeah. Good, good luck to everyone who's nominated. Um, don't worry about all the things I just said. I'm sure you. It's a great award, and you'll hang it on your trophy cabinet. Good on you. I tell you what, if I fucking won it, you'd know about it. it I would know about it because you're retired and yeah. you're 35, and you're not playing, so that'd not, be very not, impressive. Not quite 35. No, sorry, 37. How do you think? What do you think of the Wallabies on the weekend? Um, I didn't. I only watched bits and pieces. I thought you're like was, me this fucking week. You haven't played anything. To do. You're not I've up got, to I'm, date. I'm, I'm in absolute panic mode at the moment. I cannot. I'm the busiest person who's not busy ever. So like all the people in my life think I'm such a peasant. I'm like, well, I'm after this little 45 minute patch. I'm going straight to one training, then going to another training. Like I'll be home at nine o'clock. I left six thirty. I'm I'm just smoked at the moment. So. Okay. I'll I'll hold the team for this one. I thought the Wallabies, mate, the, the way they came back to win was very, very impressive. Years gone by, they would have lost that test match. Um, I, I've only watched the game once, but I'd like to have a really good look at what they're doing attack-wise. I think there's some interesting stuff happening there, and you can see that the attack side of their game's evolving. They're playing very flat and... I think with time, that's going to pay a lot of dividends if they keep going down that track. Uh, obviously, this is coming from an old tight head prop who never touched the ball in his entire career, but it was interesting to watch. Um, very, very happy for our mates, Jed and Matt Gibbon, Jed Holloway oh, and Matt Gibbon. That was um, obviously the, that was the story for my week, really. It was more like the test match just occurring was, was enough, but just to see the... 
you know, they both they both had their own extremely difficult roads there. Gibbo's probably road has been outshone a little bit by Jed's just because of the way he came back this year. But Gibbo's been grinding for a very, very fucking long time. And it was not an easy, I know it wasn't an easy path for him at all. It's, it's, um, I was having this thought because I'm trying to do a quick podcast with them maybe tonight. They got to get back to me. But you, you know, those Disney movies where there's like an inspiring story of resilience and people persisting against all odds and all that kind of shit. It's kind of a bit like that. And I'm sure a lot of the guys have similar stories or, or varying degrees of stories that is, that are still, um, you know, inspiring in a way. But seeing what Jed's done and the things he's had to overcome and actually knowing a little bit about that and seeing some of the reaction to it and what he's gone through, fucking amazing, mate. It's, it's, it's inspiring is probably not the right word, but that's all I can think of at the moment. Yeah. And then Matt, and then Matty Gibbon, like different story again. Um, you know, I was thinking this, the Gibbon boys made the most of every opportunity they've ever had in their lives and have made the most of the cards they've been dealt, um, you know, both Alex and he. So it's it's a credit to them. Um, and I was very, very, very happy for them both. Very happy. You know, and I, I, I make this argument all the time. Once you know someone's story, you're, more, you're far more likely to support them. Yeah. And I think rugby... Yeah. I think it started to do a better job. Like some of the coverage of Jed and Matt this week has been very good. And I'm, I'm sure a lot of people have been happy for him, but um, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it was great to see. I'm very happy for them both seeing where they both come from to where they are now. And it's inspiring. I think. Yeah. It was a, you got to break, I suppose you got, if you don't know the stories, you got to sit down and read them, but the, yeah, well, we're, right. we're trying to get them on. So hopefully we'll be able to give people a, well, like everyone I spoke to this week, only had good things to say about you know me and Gibbo and a few teams together when he was young fella, and so Holloway's in those teams as well, you know, and he, they're just good guys. And Gibbo sort of has fought away; he's just grinded away until he got where he's got to be. So no one had a bad word to say about him. But I suppose the Test match was sort of overshadowed for the first part by Hoops pulling out late in the week. Yeah, um, which. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about that. I I think you go. You go. Sorry, I cut you off. I was just going to say. I I was going to say controversial pull out, but it wasn't. Right in my mind, it wasn't. Like I, I just saw it as like he's done a very, very logical thing. Um, Perhaps feeling very logical. I I think. I I don't think this was his intention, but I think what he's done and the person he is is actually going to help a lot of people. And I'm sure he wasn't thinking that at the time, but um, for any, anyone that knows anything about rugby, looks at Michael Hooper as one of the toughest players. He's a very stoic individual. And for him to admit, and we don't know the full story of what happened, but you can just gather from what you read through the media. He's gone through a bit of a, a rough patch. And instead of just hiding, hiding and not talking about it, he stood up uh, in front of all his peers and started and had a conversation about it. And, Mate, it's awesome. I, I think he's going to help a lot of people doing what he did. He should be commended. If anyone has the right to have a break, it's him. And I, I know we were talking during the week. I he, he did a podcast with me. That's the only interaction I've ever had with him. He seems like a very thoughtful, decent human. And I've always been a fan of his. And I'd rather he sits out a couple of weeks, a month, six months, a year than for 
him to go missing permanently, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and and look, it's inspiring, and even the toughest amongst us amongst us need help sometimes. And uh, yeah, I I I don't think yeah. you could speak any higher like, of the man. Hundred percent. Like if you got a if you had a broken leg, you'd be out of the game. You know, and your mind is, you know, as important as your body. Like, you know, if not more to everyday life. So like, he wasn't right. He pulled out. That's it's just the right thing from all angles. So like, it was the right decision for the team. It was the best thing for him as well. So, I hope he's in manly with his family and he's getting some time off and relaxing. But I don't think people realize how hard being an international sports person is. Do you think I've, I was, I tried to get, when I talked to him, I was trying to get him to, like I didn't say this, but I wanted him to sort of explain the life that he's lived. He's grown up as a 22-year-old. He became captain of Australia. He's basically grown up in the spotlight under all sorts of scrutiny, pressure, criticism, and leading a country. And, mate, I, I'm 34. I'm still, I am still not equipped to do that. But he did it at 22. So he's clearly a remarkable human and has lived a pretty fucking crazy life, if you think of it like that. He's just had a young kid. He's just had a kid. He's married now. And and those guys are away from home a lot. So I can understand. I can understand it, man. It's hard. I mean, he's done back-to-back seasons. But he's really like, he's been front center for a decade. It's getting... Punished sometimes, getting praised other times, copying flack, and like it's just it's just the right thing. Like if you know, everyone fucking needs help sometimes, and if if Michael Hooper fucking needs to just take a little second, everyone should take a little second if they need it. Hundred percent. And I kind of wanted to superset this into a chat about. Um, I am going to give it to Kiwi sports fans because I think they are the worst sports fans on planet Earth. But just firstly, Chubby, I for a long time I've just been like, yeah, I know they suck, right? But like, it's they're awful. They are they are truly horrific. They're a lot worse than us Um, because I've seen a lot more of it in the last couple of weeks since the All Blacks lose. I haven't been seeking it out, but it's just come and hit me, and it's just I don't know if I was an all black or in the all blacks ranks. I know you can't be like this, but I'd be like, same as this year. Like if you're not on board now, you can fuck off. Like don't come to us when we win the world cup. Do you see off Tom Fassi's Instagram story that he posted about how, um, how a lot of keyboard warriors will be going back to their where it was something like going back to your warehouse jobs while we're out here living the dream. Something like really? that. Yeah. It was something That's like that. Hectic. Which I, I fully like, obviously like that story, but, what what I wanted to bring up is Ian Foster. Now I think I, I think coaching's tough in general, right? But coaching your own country would be incredibly tough. And I, I just hope for his sake that he's got some really good people around him helping him because otherwise I think his headspace would be you, you'd have to be a fucking robot to not be hurting if you were him. He's got everyone in New Zealand going after him. Media, former All Blacks, they're just going all out over him. And and I guess I just wanted to have a conversation about coaching and having having support. Like, 
I've, I've had my own troubles this year, as you know, and having someone like you to talk to who is a forwards coach at their own club in a very similar situation has been very beneficial for me. And there's been other people that have helped. But who who helps you when you're the head of the All Blacks? I don't know. It's, you know I, mean? I could say the same thing, exactly the same, like when we're having a rough shot to you, about you. And I don't know. But like I read it, fairly decent article. I mean, everyone's written an article on it, but about how basically the time he took over the All Blacks, like it, you're taking a ship when they're fucking, they, they could not be going any faster. Like they're flying. Like it was just, it was going to be a difficult period no matter what. You had some old legends transitioning out. Like it was not, but there's no rebuild time. There's no like rotation time for the All Blacks. Like you fucking expect to win every game and that's it. Um, and just, just the expectation is just it is so high, and that's what makes them so brilliant. But honestly, I think he's like Steve Hansen got out at a great time. He knew that what he, he fucking knew what he was doing. Like he, he got out, uh, couldn't have been better. You know, hands it off to probably the most qualified guy in the country to do it. They could roll it over to Razor, and I'm sure that like he would have that effect of slightly new things. Have always it always it always helps right like in that in that setting like if you've been down in a bit of a slump like they might play better he might pick the odd guy different but over like a three year period I don't think that would there would have been drastic changes like it they just they, it's it's slightly different cattle there's guys away like other teams are getting better like there's been COVID like it's just been a nightmare so I feel sorry for him I don't know who you talk to I think he would probably talk to Steve Hansen and like yeah, other just this lords of the game yeah. Because they're the I feel like only people that have been in that position can understand what that's like. Um, I, I I don't for the record I don't think there's anything wrong with criticizing tactics or performances on field and, and game plans and all that kind of stuff. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But when it's personal, as it has been with like I put something up on Instagram, I think it was defending him, like going. You're just shitting all over a guy that's won a World Cup for you and has been a wonderful contributor to New Zealand rugby. And the fucking vitriol that that post generated was like just absurd. And I think, like, oh, mate, I'm just going to be honest. I've caught the heat this year from my friends, from people who, yeah, I've caught the heat this year about, about, what I've done and what's happened uh, where I've been. And it was really fucking hard to deal with. So I could only imagine if it was coming from your entire country, what that would be like. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I probably like things haven't been as dire as it was for you, but it's not a nice feeling. I mean, generally if people aren't happy, this, like the, the trolls and that they don't have the nuts to come talk to me. Um, so I don't really hear too much about it, but you hear, you do hear things and it's not nice at all. So like, it's just a religion down there. Like it really is. So fucking there's that, there'd be that many fucking fiery opinions. It's just, it's, it'd be a fucking scary time, but like Lord knows if you was walking through the streets, everyone would just want a photo. Yeah. Like, 100%. That's the reality. And if, and if the, he ends up keeping his job, which let's face it, he's not going to, uh, and they ended up winning the world cup. He'd be the fucking god over there, you know, and none of this would, shit would be remembered. But exactly. um, they're going to lose. Did you watch that game? 
Yeah. All Black Springboks. Um, I watched it. It was like 1 a.m. I just, just finished like huddling stuff. Um, and I was like, I thought I was just, my brain was just fried. I was like, is this game in fast forward? Like it was going so fast. Like the phase play was so fast. I thought some of the All Blacks tactics were strange in that game. They were they were running a lot in the C zone. Um, and against a pack or a team as big as South Africa with the qualities that they have, I, I wasn't necessarily convinced that that was the smartest thing to hey, do. They got they got a crap front row. That's it. I, it's not crap. Like it's not crap's the wrong word. I, don't, it's not, I shouldn't use it, but like they're playing well, against the best front row. He's not. If you've got the world's best team, he's not the world's best tight end. He wouldn't be in the top ten. He wouldn't but be in the top fifteen. But see, that's the thing as well. Like they put Jason Ryan in to help the forwards, and he's been there probably three weeks now, three weeks, something like that. And um, the Springboks just—you wouldn't say they destroyed them, but they got as close to as you could get to destroying a team without actually destroying them. For the the All Blacks had some good scrums towards the back end of the game, but. Even a coach like that, you can't have a huge influence in three weeks if the cattle aren't the same. Uh, and the Springboks are just they're f- they're fucking very dominant in the forwards. They play a game that suits the people that they have. And I, I they're the best team in the world. They lost to the best team in the world in South Africa. They're gonna lose again this week. Then what happens, Jed? What happens in your opinion? What would you do? And another question. What part do the New Zealand Rugby Union and media have to play in this? I don't know. I don't know enough to, to say the second part. I mean, the media are just the media. They're always going to be the way they are. I think they'll lose again. I then think they will beat everyone else. Um, I think they'll they, beat They us. definitely will. But do you think Foster survives if they lose the next game? It would be fucking just. It would be crazy for them to sack him mid tournament. Oh, there's whatever. been some crazy shit happening. Whatever, like whatever this thing is, like like this four way fucking tournament, like these, it changes every fucking year. But uh, I think it'd be re- like remiss to sack him. They could, pr- they'd probably make the decision after this weekend that they're going to move him on, and they move him on after the tournament. Well, it's something like a three million dollar payout um, for all the staff that they've moved oh, on. So. I mean, the Kiwi dollar's worth about fucking 0.1 of a cent, but I'll have it. At least they still have Hobbit Town, you fucks. I'll have I'll have three million fucking pesos. If that, yeah, look, I think you probably will get the flick, but I think you'll get another job as well. And I he think will. you have a, I, I think it's an absolute poison chalice for Scott Robertson. It's DC poison. said to me that the best advice he ever he ever got is never take over a team when they're at the top. That's fucking well, good advice. He's done. He he's taking that advice very well and and it's worked out incredibly well for worked him. out incredibly well for him i thought I'd, I, if i was scott robson i wouldn't take no you wouldn't you honestly because wouldn't find a caretaker find a caretaker look um with with all the murmurings behind the scenes from the board you can only assume that there's some incompetence there um i think that the smartest thing he could do if they sack him is to refuse to take the job yeah, I, I, I wouldn't take it. It's just not the right time. He's going to go. You've got a year and a half before the World Cup. Say I'll take it from January 1, but like taking it right now is just a bad. It's just bad. You're going to start your career with like a hobbly squad, like a couple of guys out, like two on the on the trot from two losses. 
I just wouldn't do it. Are you okay? Your energy's low today. You feeling? Well, yeah, right? I'm. Yeah, I'm all right, bro. I'm just. I'm, I'm. Like I said, I'm working hard. You need to give all this shit up and concentrate on golf. Golf. I like As golf. Podcasting. Give that. Well, shit we're up talking about very serious things, and I don't. I don't have anything but reasoned. I've reasoned responses for these things. I. I don't. They don't make me feel emotions necessarily. Can we agree that New Zealand sports fans are the most entitled in the world? You don't, you're not God's gift to winning. Just turning up doesn't think, mean you're going to win. I think they're pretty bad. But I would limit that to rugby as, as I've seen it. They're pretty because bad. Because they don't go well at any other sport. In fact, they right. don't have anything else going for them at all. They're all right at... Um, they have Hobbiton, which is amazing. I right highly at, recommend you go there. They're all right at cricket. They're right at cricket, but they're not great. But they, they don't have the same... Give a fuck about cricket. I don't, but I just, I thought I'd mention it. I was, I'm just trying to be inclusive. But this is the thing as well, Jed. Like, how do cricketers get paid so fucking much and they're played in eight countries and rugby's played all over the fucking world, has far less players than cricket has at the international and the, the highest level, and they don't get paid as much? What yeah, the fuck look, is I, that about? I'll never quite understand. It's the same with soccer. Like, uh, I don't get the it. Soccer's like, way even, bigger. Yeah, I know, but like, Australian cricketers get paid a bomb. They, they're all millionaires. Well, I, I suppose they're like they've got their India, which is the equivalent of like Japan for us, but it's not even it's not even close, really. Well, there's a billion odd people there, isn't there? Two billion or whatever. Yeah, there's a couple of people in India. There's a couple hundred. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, I don't know. They need to find a way to monetize it more. I'm not sure what the answer is because you're playing for you're playing for not much over here. You're grinding very hard for not a lot of coin. The most physical contact sport in the world. Week in, week out. NFL players can say they are, but they are all padded up. Ice hockey players are all I padded saw up. Today, uh, just like a reel or whatever from Hard Knocks, and it was the uh, it was the second pick in the draft at Detroit, and his signing bonus was twenty three million. So, like, I don't know. You don't really have, man. He could bomb out tomorrow, do like eleven ACLs, never play again. Twenty three million, just putting the bank and run. I've got to ask you about Nancy Pelosi going to Taiwan. Does that shit, ter- does that shit terrify you the fuck terrify the fuck out of you? I said this a couple of weeks ago. I was like, China will be the next big thing. It's not good. None of this is good. What's happening right now? It's scary. Like I, I don't like. They've got a like a military base in the Solomon Islands. It's horrible. It's bad. It's very bad. It's all bad. What possible benefit could the Speaker of the House? have going to Taiwan. And did you see what they said in the media, how they, I can't remember specifically, but it was something like Nancy Pelosi has every right to visit Taiwan. China have said on multiple social media platforms that it's time to prepare for war. And then they've gone, we don't recognize Taiwan's right to be a separate country from China or an independent nation. Was something very strange. You'll remember because you look into everything. But yeah, it's mate. It's it's, it's not good. Like uh, I've said it before. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Like that yeah, in China, they they actively and openly round up and kill their Muslim population in the northwest. Like it's hundreds of thousands of people, and like it's the same party that wiped out millions of people the last century like 50 years ago. It's the equivalent of the National Socialist Party in Germany still running the country just with a different person. Like, it's 
it's very scary, but we're all tied into it. I think I I, I was reading something like 50, I can't remember the exact figure, but it was staggering uh, percentage of antibiotics are all made in China. It's like the vast majority of the world's antibiotics are made in China. The vast majority of the world's shipping containers are made in China. So if you inflame if you inflame China, there's going to be a cost to pay down well, the track. That's, I mean, yeah, there's a lot happening in the background. World power is moving. Meanwhile, like our whole society is just caught up in a five-year-old having a fucking gender reveal or something, like you said oh, me today. Like, that, let's fucking. But that, talk that's about what that. that's what's crazy is like that. That's what our like Western society is focused on at the moment. That that sort of shit. Meanwhile, like there's a superpower moving into the Pacific with a whole bunch of guns and people getting locked up. And we're like, yeah, but let's wait till he can speak and he'll choose his gender. Like, well, they'll choose their gender. Like, what the fuck? Priorities are backwards, man. Let's let's read that. Let's read that. Um, So he made the big announcement with a confetti cannon filled with blue smoke. And a four-year-old trans boy throws a gender reveal party for himself during Pride Parade. Thoughts? I, I don't have any thoughts. I'd like, like, I don't know. Man. I've been very diplomatic today. Oh yeah, I know. It's well, um, my thoughts are it's fucking stupid. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's man. It's the most insane thing ever. Like, oh, I don't think I could make rational decisions as an eighteen-year-old, let alone a four-year-old. At four years old, you don't know like what how to go to the toilet properly. I hate to break it to you, what... you still don't make rational decisions, and I don't as well. No, but like. A decision like you, you at four, like you literally like just learned how to go to the toilet, and you're telling me you understand the difference between sex and gender, and have identified that you may be one and not the other. Like it's it's scary, but it, like this is just all factoring into the concept that maybe you need a license to breed, and that's something that I know the um, I'll be pushing for when I run next year, but. Like you should need a license to have children because this is what happens. Yeah, the, and this child is doomed, and it's because he's got awful parents, and that just keeps going. Bit of breaking news for you. Back to rugby for a second. Shoot, um, Alan Alatoa has been forced to withdraw from the second test, and has flown home for a family bereavement. I haven't got into details about what's happened, but obviously, I uh, hope ours okay and. Um, very sad for his loss on whatever's happened. I hope it's not well, obviously bereavement serious, but I hope it's not. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy. Alan. I um, hope it's. I hope whatever it is, it's okay. Um, yeah. What do you make it? What do you make of that? Who steps well, in? Obviously, Robo plays, doesn't he? Yeah. Wouldn't you'd think so? Been- I think he's injured. So I'm sure what will happen is uh, Taniela Tupo will go into the starting team, and I'm, I'm guessing maybe Ben Penny Farmacilli might get his test debut finally. That's really not when you want to be picking someone who hasn't played in a long time. But I'm sure I'm it, sure what'll happen is Slipper will jump across the tight head if yeah, Daniel comes that's a good off. Call. Well, I hope Alan's all right. And that was a real change of tone because I was just wrapping up about how parents should need licenses and we had to move to Alan, but both are sad topics in my mind. Mate, four year olds should not be able to decide anything. I can barely decide anything. Um, yeah, and I had this. I, I had this list of things that I wanted to talk to you, and I'm yeah, just I've got trying it. to find I've got, it. I've got it if you want. Yeah, let's bring it up. Because um, I, I did do yeah, some prep, prep, but as soon as I bit go on the mic, I just you know, 
in the moment. You've got, you said beer tax. What's beer tax? Oh, the government's going to add further alcohol tax. Our, so alcohol in this country is so fucking expensive. They've got to stop. Ta- like, I don't really give a shit, but because I don't smoke. But if you go to the States, like a pack of cigarettes is like five bucks. And in Australia, it's like $65 or whatever it is now for a deck. Like, come on, man. Stop taxing everything we love. Honestly. Okay. We have seen almost 20 increases in Australia's beer tax over the last decade alone. The new excise rate of 94.41 per litre of pure alcohol up from 90.78 in February comes on top of surging costs for freight, glass, cans, and raw materials. That is fucked, Jed. Oh, is that across the beer industry or is that from the government? It's it's from the government. It's from the government. Well, um, would the government need to anyway? It, look, it's it's usually helpful. It's usually used as an offset, but that doesn't work. Um, that's not good, man. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if like advocating. I think it, having a beer or two is probably a healthy part of life, um, in whatever respect. Um, so you just it's becoming so difficult to live. It is. Everything is expensive. It's expensive to drive. It's now it's expensive to have a schooner. Like it's expensive. Where's the escape? Where's the escape? That's all. I was having I this chat. I was having this chat with someone during the week, so this is probably getting a little bit out there. But if you look at everything that you spend money on in your life, like you, you, you you're doing it now. I'm doing it now. Just things to try and uh, help you feel good, really. And you just go in this circle. So you spend, you work all day to pay for petrol, housing, coffee, diet coke just all the shit that you really don't need. Like if you look at what you actually need, it's very little. And then on the weekend, because you've been working all week, you look for something to try and give you some sort of fulfillment, make you feel good, drugs, sex for you, drugs for you, alcohol (laughs) for you, you know, all those kind of things. And then because you've spent all your money on the weekend, you've got to keep going around and around again. So how do you, how do you step out of that? I don't know. You go live in the wilderness with all these fucking hippies tying themselves to the hub bridge. Or you just uh, make more money. Well, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's not really on the cards at the moment. Okay, I do buy some lotto tickets, but yeah, they're just like the it's cost of living, but it's cost of living norm like happily and normal things that are just just they're going through the roof. So yes, you can live without beer, but like most Australians are gonna want a beer or two. Like it's I'm telling you, the things you love, the prices will just keep going up, particularly. Um, with the set of sort of cultural values we have at the moment, where everything's I, about save the turtles and like you know what I don't like fucking paper straws they suck and I don't care if some turtles die I want a fucking plastic straw. Um, <laughs> you're a big you're a big turtle killing guy. I don't care. I just don't fucking care, and I don't believe that it's killing that many of them. But yet now I have paper straws everywhere. Like that's a microcosm of our society at the moment. Your energy bill, I'm telling you, week by week, will keep rising until it. I don't know. You just can't pay it. I don't know what we do then. Well, that's it. What do you do? I I can't afford to pay this bill. I want to keep drinking, and it's a choice between the electricity bill or having beers on a Friday. Well, it'll mean that we have to round up and sit down everyone between eighteen and twenty-four in the country and explain to them how the fucking economy works. And that, and you know what? I'll put my hand off for national service. I'm happy to do that. Oh. It's an interesting one. I keep thinking that the answer is to 
like complaining only gets you so far. It's just fun. I enjoy annoying. complaining very much. So, well, look, we're, we're going to talk about air grievances. Probably my favorite podcast I've ever listened to ever. <laughs> fucking hilarious. Eve, Kate is like, Have you listened to this? This is fucking great. And then I listened to it. And the, the story about the five year old soccer coach putting his head oh. on you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's so funny. Air grievances on the Loose Head Sports uh, show page. Very, very, very worth a listen. Um, but yeah, I was thinking instead of just complaining and being a bitch, just earn more money. Just do something to earn more money. And I know that doesn't sound easy, but it there are so many ways to make money nowadays that if you just put your mind to it a little bit, just fucking just, make more money. Just like next time one of you, like someone you haven't spoken to in 10 years messages you on, on Facebook and says, do you want to make money while you sleep with an online business? Just say yes. And buy that water filter. Buy into that isogenic scheme. Sell protein online, you know. Become that guy. Get into a pyramid scheme. As but long as you're not, far away, as long as you're towards the top, you'll make money. But look, you're taking the piss. But if you want to earn money, you can. You can do stuff online. You can sell things. You can drive for Uber. There's a bunch of ways that you can earn extra money. I, oh yeah, I was taking the piss, but the. Yeah, if you, I mean, if you hustle and work hard enough, you can make, you can sort of make whatever you want to a, to a limit. I mean, the most successful people are all the hardest workers. That's that's there's no it. there's no secrets, but but that's what I was thinking. Instead of being a bitch, just earn more money. Yeah, hundred percent. Anything else bothering you? What's going on? Um, I've got a slight cold. I don't have COVID, which is good. That only lasts um, for about fifteen weeks, going off my experience. What did you think of um? Ricky Stewart spraying Jamin Salmon in prison rugby. What was the full story? Like, what's the context? Like, what did you actually read the article about what he's, what yeah, like they had an interaction like 10 years ago, and it was based around I believe that Ricky has a disabled daughter. And some comments that were said to his son by Jamin, allegedly. Uh, okay. Well, if that's true, I think some things are unforgivable. And if he didn't know that she was disabled, then that's probably uh, fair and the guy should apologize. But if he did know that she was disabled and said bad things, I'd probably never forgive that guy. Yeah, I agree. So, like, if, if the bottom line is that those things happen, then I don't really give a shit. I, think I, hate, just- I hate that he got fined for that. Well, that's what I was going to ask is, like, what... 25 grand or something? Obviously, 35. Obviously, you get fined like in all sports if you come out and you spray like the organization or you criticize the referees too much or like, but like, what should you be able to say? Because like, I like, it's not like I, we do post match preface conferences, but and it wouldn't be very common. But every now and again, someone is a dog. So like, well, there was a dog shop put on or like someone did punch someone in the back of the head. What couldn't you, like, what, at what point is it okay? But, but, why can't you criticize? You can't, you can't criticize. In most what, I'm sa- what I'm saying, gen- generally speaking, why can't you criticize? Because you don't want to hurt other people's feelings. No, because you don't most wanna... of it is like the leagues, whatever they are, the AFL, NRL, Super, it brings the sort of game into disrepute in a way, I suppose. I think but, just, I think rugby league bringing anything into repute is is good for the game. So if they disrepute the game, that's probably rugby league's fucking brand. I, I, yeah, I, I think you should be able to say some things. I mean, yeah, I don't like the concept of finding like you should really have to go on a 
absolute hammer to for, to find someone like. I don't know. I think we should all stop being so sensitive. And what about Paul Gallen? Speaking of prison rugby, he's fighting two people in one night. Like how fucking how out of ideas are the promoters? Like he's fighting two shit fighters in one night. Well, look, one, I'm a big fan of Paul Gallen. Anything that uh, he's putting himself out there to make money, and I appreciate that. So that's that's what I mean. Paul Gallen is not bitching about his electrical bills or seven dollar strong arm and cappuccinos. He's fighting two blokes in one night to make more money. And I respect that enormously. But on the flip side of that, the Fox Sports coverage of it is so laughable. So ridiculous. Does the concept not... Like, why can't you just find one decent heavyweight? One decent person for him to fight. Fighting two, like Justin Hodges. Anyone listening to this right now could beat Justin Hodges in a fight. Anyone. He's a terrible boxer. Truly awful boxer. Um, and Ben Hannon is not much better, to be honest. He's like a proper amateur. He's had one fight and it was, wasn't it against Justin Hodges? Like, what are we doing here? What the fuck are we doing? But like Australia is so short on boxing talent in particular that we've got a 42-year-old ex-NRL guy fighting two like mid-40s guys in one night and they'll try and sell it. I'm not buying it this time. Have you bought it previously? Yeah, I think I bought it for... I bought one or two. Sometimes I want to see the undercard as well. But yeah, I'm not fucking buying it, mate. Two guys, it's just ridiculous. It's just, it, and they're so shit at boxing. Like, fuck me. Boxing's a funny sport because, like, if you look over in the States, there's guys like Jake Paul who are just killing it. And over here, like, I, th- I think you would say Gallon's probably one of the bigger names in <laughs> boxing in this country. Probably not globally. You'd have like probably, Cambos- yeah. Cambosis would be up there. Like uh, the, the SBW one must have fallen through. I'd love to be on the inside of a of the negotiations there and actually know what's happening. Like who's actually ducking? Like what's happening there? Because I'd like to see that fight. I, I think like, would give Why aren't they fight that? I think Sonny would fucking. Well, I'll take that bet. I think Gallon would fucking put him. You reckon? Him, so you reckon yeah. Sonny's Sonny's just trying to dodge that at the moment? I've never seen Sonny box particularly well. Yeah, but hasn't like, he fought like half decent guys? He's fought like a half decent guy who's fifteen he's, years older than he was when he was half decent. Like he's, yeah, but he's not he, fighting he's, Justin Hodges and. No, nah, he probably would though. <laughs> like, I don't know. Look, it's both. It's it's a sad indictment. You're right though. Like, if I was a, I don't know. If I was like the inspired unemployed or something like that, I'd just fucking put myself out for a boxing match. Well, let's fight like, those fuckers. You, no, and, you and I on the same them. night. Well, ever since we tried to fight them, one of them's dating Victoria's Secret model, and it, they the have their own brand of beer. Yeah, I know. It's very frustrating. And I really like them as well. well but Actually, that brings up a good topic. You continue your train of thought, and then I'll go off on this tangent. No, I was just going to say, it's hard to fight them if I like them. But like, why wouldn't, if that's what's paying the bills, like some punter, whoever has the biggest social media following in Australia, should just put himself up for a boxing match. Well, do you exactly. think, like, like you, you and I are big fans of online content. You know, America has a bunch of podcasters, people that talk online, do all this shit. Who do we have in Australia? I don't know. I Like, honestly, I think day-to-day, like, things that... Alan Jones? Pun- oh, like that. No, but but you, you, you've got, like, Tucker Carlson, Joe Rogan, uh, 
all these online Dave Portnoy and their varying degrees of online personalities, depending on what, you know, there's some guys that are out there. There's some right, some left, some center, some are. Yeah. We don't really have anyone. We don't have anyone. Is, is it a cultural thing here that won't allow that or, or is there just no one here that's popping off on the internet? I don't know. I feel like we don't holistically do sport. I feel like we shoot off into our branches. So like the AFL have like the AFL pundits, the NRL have their guys who are quite well known, like Kenty and those guys. Um, and then the union have people like Sonny Bill um, who can't speak English well. So like, but we don't have like just sort of people who sit in the middle of sports and just sling it. But not much. not even just necessarily like a Stephen about A. Sports. Smith. Yeah, guys like that, Portnoy, you know, um, yeah, we don't have McAfee, we don't those have kind them. of independent sort of media guys. No, we don't have them. It, it's weird. Uh, it's, does it's, our it's does weird. our population not like? Are we not a big enough population? Like obviously, well, we a lot of the a world looks version. to America. We should just we be should. a micro version of the states, right? We should have at least one who's just talking sports nonstop, following everything betting on everything no like sort of knows it but we really don't like it like i said the more i think about it i think it just divides into the sports really quite promptly so obviously your most famous ones will be with the biggest sports so like afl and nrl will probably have the most famous like broadcasters i'd say but there's no like no there's no big dogs eh? there's no like Stephen a smith or like those american just giants who are just out there every day just like Talking even, about whatever's whatever's controversial that minute, they're just talking about it. But even even politics, like t- there's no Tucker Carlson in Australia. Oh, uh, not really. Like I mean, got- I've seen some people try. There was some guy who used to be on the radio that talks shit online every now and again. There's Wally Dully. Oh, fuck. If that's <laughs> if that's the best we can do, we're fucked. Well, no, he's a, obviously a fucking socialist but there's sky news have like a few that they do like each night i can't remember their names at the moment but they have a few they do um like who do like an hour so something similar where they sort of go on like a bit of a rant um very enjoyable well i was trying to because obviously i'd like this to be a big business venture for us one day might take a few years but i you know with your magnetic personality and energy i think we'll get there eventually hey I'm doing my best. <laughs> mate, mate we, you work 75 hours a week, so it's uh, it's hard to be up all the time. But what I was going to say is trying to analyze why some of these people pop off and make it big. Have you have you looked at that? Like, Do you have any thoughts of why someone like, like say Andrew Tate at the moment has just taken <laughs> over the fucking internet? What is it? Is it is it because he speaks in a way that is engaging and he says things that people think but are afraid to say? Is that why, yeah, is that why he's popping off? Like, have, have you ever thought about that and had a like an, an a deep dive into why these people are sort of cutting through into popular culture? Not super deep, but like all of them evoke emotion. And I think that's one thing Australia doesn't do that well, is all of our media people, they'll just They'll just toe the fence on everything. Like they'll never take a hard stand and be like, that was wrong. That this is fucking bullshit. That shouldn't be happening. But these guys, all the famous like internet people, they they evoke emotion one way or another. Like you feel something towards Andrew Tate. Some people not, might not know who he is yet, or like you feel something who towards doesn't know who he is. I don't know our older audience. Like you feel something towards Tucker Carlson, you might hate him, but you still feel something. So you mm. engage with it. Yeah. Whereas yeah. we just have so many people who sort of just fluff around and 
they don't really have an opinion on anything. They just sort of say the facts, and if they they get too scared to say one way or another. I, I think there's a, I think you know how they say the silent majority. I think that there's a lot of people that would agree with guys like Andrew Tate, Dave Portnoy, Tucker Carlson, but are potentially too afraid to say those opinions at the risk of getting, you know, cancelled or ostracised from their their society. I think that's yeah, well, got a lot socially, to do with it. It's socially unacceptable at the moment, like because of because like the cultural sort of standards it's so wiggly at the moment. We're just doing crazy shit. Where like you get slapped down for having even what you'd call like normal values ten years ago, like family values, saying that like you have a mum and a dad. You like someone in a room of ten, there'll be four people who take offence with any given sentence. So. Uh, those people become more and more attractive because I think people yearn for just some normality. I think it's very interesting. I'd like, I, yeah, I've I've been watching it more as a, a study in why humans, some humans, are successful because I it's similar to coaches like you and I are both aspirational coaches. So naturally, you look at other coaches you admire and go, "Why is that guy going well? Why is that guy not going so well?" and just analyzing it and the whole yeah, andrew, actually, the whole andrew tate thing's been so interesting to me well i don't i'm not sure that approach works particularly well for coaching i was because i was thinking about coaching the other week just because someone was talking about just cultural shifts in the shoot shield and i was like what worked in 2015 like doesn't work now because i was oh, there into the, thank you i was there in 2015 and like there was fuck all Compared to now, there was fuck all detail. There was fuck all planning. There was 20% of the planning detail that went into these games. But maybe the culture was stronger, right? And so we're just discussing like culture versus detail and, you know, how you need a bit of culture. It's it's harder with like more players who are sort of coming in and out of teams. And But yeah, we're just sort of discussing the values, I suppose, that are most important because like people who retired a while ago now just do not understand what goes into a game they don't so like i always like guys from my like sort of that era the 2014 15 year i'm like you just you don't get it like you we don't 100 we don't go in with a line out like it, there's fucking 400 different things that have gone into this weekend but they also had a point in that there's like an intangible value to like having a good team culture that you can't quite measure. And I still don't know how to measure it. And it's getting that balance right. Like I you, could not agree more with you and I could not agree more with them. Yeah, I, but but I, I, was, I, I even I asked, because I was talking to Johnny Manetti about it, and I'm like, but Johnny wasn't like, he was a big, big people person, you know, but like he wasn't forcing me to go to fucking Jared Barry's house and three other guys come around every Wednesday for a year like he didn't suggest it we just did it yeah so like how people changed i don't know i i think i I think in many ways that era was probably the last of the it it went from being amateur to being semi-professional and i think that around then was when it made the switch i kind of attribute it to north winning the suit shield because yeah, all the attention started to come and then people started to take it seriously and countries from all over the world were starting to look at the shoot shield. Culture's massive. 
but you also have humans that are more transactional in nature and rather than um, asking what they can do for the club it's what can the club do for me and I'm not saying that's a bad thing I just think it's a reflection just, of the times different. and yeah. COVID and it's just it's just people today it's just different and and I agree with you totally 2015 to 2022 is a light year away in rugby and, and it's but telling that to people that don't understand it, I think you have to have been in it the whole time to actually see that. Would you, would you agree with that? Because you've got guys that have jumped out and you tell them that, they go, well, that's just not true. Yeah, they don't quite get it. I mean, I, I honestly think that if you miss like six months, you're fucked. Like in terms of developments and like game trends and things like that, which is why it's so hard for, you can't just grab someone who's a decent coach in 2012 and like throw me in. It just doesn't work. Or 2015. Like, I'm not. I don't. I'm not getting into any fucking things here. But it just doesn't work because there's been so many, and like Simon Cron coming through changed everything. But it made me think like, what did if there was like something that that your players had to know or think of you? Like, what would it be? You know, would it be that you're well prepared or like? It just made me think that, and whether I was actually giving that out. So like for me, I was like, well, I want, I'd want like the players to know that like. You got a body, I'll fucking bring it to my house, we'll bury it. Like I'll, I'll whatever you need, I'll fit, I'll help you. So yeah. if that's rugby, then that's rugby, but if that's uni, if that's fucking life, whatever, like I'll 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 sort that out and like I'll do anything that you needs to be done to make sure that you know we can all play and be happy. Cause I don't know, I just it just made I don't know why that led to one thing led to another, but I suppose it comes back to like core values. And that was I was like that would be what I want people to think. So I, maybe I need to change things or do it things so that that's how it ends up. You know what I mean? I do. I do completely. It's, um, it's yeah, I think we're very early in our career, so you're not going to get it right first year. I think even 20 years in, you still learn. Um, I think as long as people know you give a fuck, that's probably the biggest thing um, yeah. for me. Like I'd, I... One of the things I was very big on is if I fucked up, I'd admit it. I would always admit when I was wrong, and I don't think a lot of people do that. Um, I think that's important. You can't just – we've all had coaches that would refuse to admit that they were wrong, and I think people just see through that. And if you're not sincere, people sense that. And the other thing, I think you got to do things for the right reasons as well. Like yeah. you, can have your, you can have your aspirations, you can – you know have all these things that you want to do but if you're not doing it for the right reasons people see through it i just i I don't know i I just see like detail has become increasingly increasingly more important and if you if your detail is poor your team will be bad and that's just the reality of now things have gotten far more professional but if you like if the players don't like you they'll just be a intangible they don't really like they're not drawn to you they'll be a or they're not playing for they're not playing for each other they're playing they're just they're, they'll just be an intangible value that you can't get i mean i remember fuck i don't know if i should i don't know if i should say so. i don't know it's, it's hard to explain but like you you want the coaches to have like empathy and like an emotional buy-in as well i think i think that's important like i remember uh, my grandma passed. So I was very close to my grandma and I went to training and I was fucking obviously very down. 
and someone, one of the coaches was just like, oh, yeah, mate, they drop off the perch, you know, or something like that. And I was like, no, no, that's not how I feel, you know? Like, so, like, if those things happen to the players, like, I'm like, well, I've fucking been there. That was really bad, man. Like, I'm sorry, what do you need? But I just, I think that that, that, that thing is important, whatever that is, that little 100%. element. Because it'll mean the difference between coming when you're sick or not coming and, you know, just that like five ten percent that's in your back of your brain somewhere. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. It's a it's a weird mix coaching, isn't it? Because you want people to like you, but they can't like you too much because they have to respect you at the same time. And and realizing that a lot of people aren't going to like you, um, despite your best efforts, it's um, it's hard to get right. I don't know if you ever do get it right. No, I don't know. I I I still maintain that as long as the as long as the players are happy, you are. Then you've done something right. And you're always, you always like, going to have people not happy because some people would get dropped or not picked, and they don't like this person, and they don't like the way you're doing that. So it's impossible yeah, to please everyone. I know, I know it is, but I think like if you've got the hardest thing is having logical people, logical players, because some young players or some old players they're just not logical. I think I, we've spoken about that before, but I think the most important thing to know is exactly where you stand. Like if you're a absolute gun, you need to know it. But you need to know your weaknesses. If you're like a fringe first grader, like you need to sort of know that you are a fringe first grader. Otherwise, everything will be a disappointment. Like you have to be able to assess your own game a little bit. Because otherwise, when you go to that meeting, they're like, yeah, well, you know, so-and-so is getting picked. Like everything will seem unfair. If you've got like a poor perception of where you actually sit in reality. Whereas if you've got a reasonable perception, you can sort of make adjustments and also to your own expectations a little bit, you know. Like there's some guys out there still like, I'm sure who are like 28, 29, not playing that well. And like, yeah, well, I've been the Wallabies. Like, you are just holding got, on because I'm that close. Got to adjust to a little bit because otherwise, yeah. like, all your outcomes every year are going to be disappointing because you've set like an unattainable goal and an unrealistic. I think you're going to have realistic goals, you know. Um, what's the best feeling that you've had as a coach so far? Or what do you think's the best part of it? Um, I think it's, I don't know, just like subtle acknowledgements of like, fuck, there's a fair bit of work done there. Like whether it's preview, review or like, you know, you go into a game, you're like, look, these are, this is what they're going to do. Or like, this was what will work, you know, and those things happen. Alternatively, it's seen guys hopefully soon move on. Like, I don't really, I mean, that's the irony about shoot shield is that you want, and I said it to the forwards earlier this year, I'm like, oh, some of you are here to play as part of like your legacy to Eastwood. Some of you want a contract. And for the guys who want a contract, I don't fucking want to see you ever again after this year. Like, I hope I get a postcard from France in a year. Like, that is, that's ideal. So I'm hoping the best part, uh, and I know the, a good part is when like you get feedback that someone's been watched or someone's been scouted for this, for, for that. And you're like, fuck yeah, that's going to be awesome. In a year's time, he's not going to be, he's going to be a professional rugby player and this will all just be a nice memory. Like, I think that's the best part is hopefully seeing all these guys go on a journey. Totally agree. Seeing, yeah, no, I, I, same as you, there's a guy probably started as a third grader and is arguably the best in his position in the competition and a very, very good team is talking to him right now. 
and um, yeah. it's very, I mean, very cool. That's it. Yeah, Far I'd, better I'd... than anything that's happened to me or any accomplishments. Like, oh, I'm so fucking happy for that person because I got to see how much hard work they put in and they're getting the reward. So... Yeah, yeah, that's I, that's I the best part. It's like all like see, and it's all relative, you know. Like it it might be like a guy who starts at a third grader and he ends up as like a fucking absolutely critical first grader. Like you need him to win a game. That's, if you don't have him, that's this guy. Yeah, yeah, or like, but that's their ceiling, you know. Or like it, they get to go to and have a rugby holiday, like I had in America. Or they, it might be like someone who was a, always going to be a decent footballer, but actually ended up as a professional, you know. When Odds were all against them, but that's the best part. I think it has to be the best part. And like the winning, winning's good. Um, like it certainly makes the week easier. But those are the best parts. Or like, just I don't know. You want people to be fucking happy when they're at training, or happy with how much better they got, or like, yeah, and eventually going somewhere else. I like. I don't. If if you don't want to be these, like some guys, I know, like want to be captain of East when they want to play two hundred games because they've done certain things already. And I'm like, that's great. But if if you're trying to go somewhere, like I want to get you there. So what have we got to fucking do? Because you know this is just a step for you. So what, what we got to do to get you there? I think that'll be the best part. What's your biggest learning this year? Um, I've learned a lot. It's 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 hard to it's hard to summarize it. Eh? It's hard to summarize it. Look. Oh, some things didn't change drastically from last year. Like the way I prepared, the way you study, it doesn't change. I don't think, oh, it didn't change for me too much. But <laughs> coaching, like like I, I suppose I had to learn to coach with Ben, who's one of my good friends, but we had to learn to, to and we, in various parts of our life had always intersected, but like our learning was getting that adjustment right. Like it's his pirate ship. I'm on, I'm on board. So like, I, you know, it was getting, getting the balance right of what he liked and what he didn't like. And um, so like the, I had to get that right. And I'm sure I was still haven't quite got it right, but I'd like to think it's decent. Um, you know, I, th- I feel that I have an, a reasonable rapport with the players. It's not too bad because I was one not too long ago. But I'm sure I'm not perfect at managing people. But I, I see that the most successful coaches, I think, are always at least good people managers, you know. Like, you get your guys who are just excellent rugby minds, but at the end of the day, I think, particularly at this level, you've got to be a reasonable people manager. So I think learning-wise, moving into the future, I, I think maybe... My, my my core reaction to rugby is detail but I think culture needs more I think I think if you know it, and again it's 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 different because it's a different I, I played in a different time and this and that but I think that almost I could say at university at any club there'd be there's room for more culture in this sort of semi-professional age and it's hard because the guys are already committed to three nights a week like you know, they need to spend time with their family, but there's there's room for something like that. So I'd say like a learning for me is that I need to incorporate that more. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a tough one, but I think that just in this in this land of detail and fucking prep and this and that, like knowing your line out, like knowing your 
your kickoff setups, knowing your defense shapes, like fuck defense. What was a defense shape eight years ago? Like now, like you still need to, there's you're still 15, 17 guys who need to get along well, really like each other um, and know a lot about each other and spend time with each other. So you'll care about each other. And I think we have that, but I think there's always levels to the game. And I think it could be better. So, you know, moving forward, I think that'll, is something I'll try and incorporate. Should I be coaching next year? I hope I'm coaching next year. I've got no fucking idea, but yeah. What, no, that's like, good. what, what that's was your takeaway? Oh man. Hell I mean you're you're still yeah. slightly different. <laughs> fucking watch 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 from behind for nice coming from to your fucking spine. Um yeah, I still don't really want to talk about that. I, I think if the off field's not uh Look, doing doing the Wandering Bear podcast has been one of the best coaching educations I've had, um, and I still think there's a market for listening to people who have been there and done that. Uh, a couple of things really stood out to me is don't be afraid of making mistakes, um, because I used to be afraid of making mistakes. Now I'm not, because I know I'm going to make them. Um, If the off-field isn't aligned with the on-field, it's not going to work. That's been a big learning. Um, so if you you want to make sure that the people you're working for have the same vision as you, and um, that's just reality. Pat Lamb said that, and it's very fucking true. Um, I took, yeah, I can't speak on that one at the moment. Oh, God, it's a weird one for me because I'd... I should like it's not in my interest to fucking talk about that sort of thing, but I also have. Oh, it's not in mine either. But I suppose as an assistant coach, like I haven't had much to do with the front office, and that's. I think it's probably like if your front office and your rugby program are more aligned, I'm sure. Like, like you said, like the outcomes are going to be better. Yeah. No. Like that. I think big part of the reason Sydney Uni's been successful is they've got a whole community and support staff who are all behind Sydney Uni trying to lift them up. They're not going in different directions. It's all going in the same direction. And I'm sure if you're on the inside there, it might look a bit different, um, as all clubs do, but that's generally what you get, I believe. Um, but, but then there's been like lots of little things. like I learned a lot about tactical periodization this year. Um, how to how to teach through queuing. It's a lot of technical coaching things, but probably the biggest thing I'd say is don't be afraid of making mistakes. But um, it's okay to make mistakes. It's not okay to make the same mistake over and over again. That's been yeah. my biggest thing. And, and you know, I probably haven't dealt with some situations as well as I could have. Um, I don't really like conflict by nature. I'm not a. I'm not telling that seeks it. I don't like it. Um, but I think. I think it's sometimes important to say how you feel, um, even though I haven't done that. But um, that's another thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, they're all they're, they're all things. They're all fucking. All these things are things that are important. They're fucking important. I actually, I thought about another one while you're talking as well. Is I think you have to know what makes an individual tick. You know, like. Hundred percent. Different people just respond to different stimuluses. Like you have to know if people are. You have to know someone well enough to know if like things are off, things are on, um, how things are. Like oh, I, you know, if someone needs a new job, if someone that's just that's what True Shields like. So that's even not what how to give them like. feedback, even how to give them feedback. Yeah, it's hundred percent. So like, I look, if I looked at 
someone like myself, I would be like, I'd you know, you I'd probably ask what they thought, and then you know, do this or do that. Some people just like it on the nose, just whack. Um, but even how I, to give it to them, like guys like yeah, but it, like yeah. Connie Young's a really detail orientated person, so you could send him a bunch of huddle clips or WhatsApp clips with like full detail about binds and foot positioning and tactics, and he's gonna love that. Whereas like Shoppy, Shoppy just like he's as simple as possible. Just tell me what to fucking do. So yeah, ha- yeah. how to deliver it to to different guys? It's also important because like, I, I, yeah, and you got but you have to you have to it's it's crucially important. I think that you know that at all times. So like because it, it can it can be not drastic, but like it can have a big impact if you give two players the exact same feedback in the exact same way. Because one will love it, like you know. Some people just, as we said, love it on the nose. You're just like, this was not good. Fucking pick this up now. Be here earlier. And some people like the opposite. It's like, well, what's going on? Like, do we, you know, what's going on? Why are you late? Like, what's happening? Like, do we need to help? Or like, I don't know. It's just like, I remember doing personality tests and things like that in Melbourne. I'm not sure they fucking used them. So I left there. They still signed you. Fucking happy. <laughs> they no, still it was after you. They, It was too late. Yeah, they, it, said soci- it said sociopath, and they fucking. I'd already signed the document, so fuck you. Um, but like, I can see the value in that. In certainly in a professional organisation. Um, yeah. We should do. Oh, we should do a full podcast just on this one day, just like all the things you've learned from coaching, because it's. Uh, yeah, I've. I still. I still feel that I don't know how people do this. Oh, like yeah. with, without, like it's, I, again, I don't know. I don't know if I have a job at Eastwood next year. I don't know if I have a job anywhere. I haven't spoken to fucking anyone. So like, I don't know, maybe this will be my one and only year. I hope it's not. But like, I don't know how this is. It's very hard to do long-term. Like, I don't know how people, I think if you were working hard at a different job, you would not have enough time to dedicate to this unless you didn't sleep. So like, unless you're very high up in an organization where you can knock off at three and fucking do a couple of hours here or there, I don't know how people do it. I, I truly don't. So I'm like mystified by guys who've done it for 15 years or so um, and managed to scrape, like managed to provide for a family. I don't know. I don't know how they do it. It's, it's um... It's a mystery to me at the moment. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. It's look, I'm I'm very fortunate in the the job and life that I've fallen into that I do have the time to do it. Um, and if I didn't, if I wasn't doing what I was doing, I wouldn't have been able to go up to Newcastle this year, which uh, I enjoyed the hell out of. Um, but yeah, it's a fucking tough way to live. Um, I was just saying to one of my mates the other day, you know, it this year has been both the best year of my life and the worst year. Um, and it's that's a real weird way to describe it, but it's fucking true. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird eh? Like I, I can honestly say I had the worst birthday week, fucking of my life. Like last week, like it was it was terrible. Um, after we we went down to Randwick, it was just not a. It was it was a very hard week. Um, well, actually, no. I need to shout out. I'm very lucky. What you do need is a fucking good support network, and I'm I'm lucky that my parents who my mum fucking put up with my dad playing and then they had a children and I played for fucking 20 years and then I retired for one year and decided, well, I'm going to go back and do the exact same fucking thing, but be on the other side of the whistle. So 
very and lucky. It's way more stressful, way more oh, time consuming. But I'm very probably lucky worse I, on your body as well. I have my parents um, and my uncle is employing me, but because I, I don't know what I'd do if I didn't have those people. Um, and they certainly shout out to my mum, who did make my birthday very, very good. But other than that, yes, you, you can have. It's very, very. It's ups and downs, ups and downs. Ups a lot of fun downs. though. I I love it. I, I love it. Seeing seeing young fellas who work their ass off and end up ticking some goals is fucking very rewarding. Absolutely. But seeing, as, I, as, I, as I said, like, are you at a place to disclose whether you'll be coaching next year somewhere? I'll be coaching. Just not where. I can't. It's to be determined where, but there'll be somewhere. I'll just say Yeah. That. Well, I mean, the next month or so, some, I suppose it's going to be. Some things like, happening, but there'll be there'll be something happening. Yeah. I I. I truly, I don't know. Um, I, like, uh, I was sort of hoping that things would be a little bit clearer at this point, but I got no fucking idea. I hope I am, um, but if I'm not, then I need to fucking buy a new suit. I don't know. Well, well man, yeah, like, or buy a hammer. Man, if you're doing all your review on Saturday night, you could get a real job. How do I get to training at five? Well, you might just have to start earlier and. That's true. If you're in a law office, you don't get out of there till I've thought about it. I've, I've thought about it. It's some thought, some thinking goes into it. When you go to an interview and you're like, yeah, but I've got to knock off for 4.30 on uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and I, can, I can't work overtime ever. When uh, does the shoot chill go to four nights a week training? I can see that happening. Good question, man. Um, I can see that happening. When, you, the money, it, when the money goes up. Yeah, which it's it's direct correlation because I reckon every club would be different um, in this respect, and we try to give the guys a night off every month, um, like not on an easier week, but like where they've had particularly hard loading. Or this year was fucking easy because it rained every single day, um, yeah. so like they get their odd Monday off. Um, but you know, most most guys in the comp are making three hundred bucks a week or four hundred bucks a week. There's some guys making more. Um, they but play for most, with those guys. No, they fucking don't. Um, certainly not the coaches. Uh, but the like when it gets to sort of you know eight, nine, a thousand bucks a week for like the standard guy, then you can you can ask for four nights a week, and there there's no late to training, and like that's when you sort of click over into that sort of minor ten sort of thing. I don't know what happens to get there though. Like I don't know what has to happen. That'll happen. That'll happen eventually. Yeah, um, before, before we're grown old or what? We're already getting there. Um, anything else bothering you? We haven't brought up Cowra playing major or minor semifinal. It'd be major. They always win. So it's major, major semifinal semi- in Orange this week. Yeah, I'm stinging to get out there. They're, they're fucking okay. doing some okay. damage. I'm very I got my Cowra's better than Sydney's uh, hoodie, which is nice. Um, I'm not wearing it at the moment because I'm sunburned as shit. Um, but yeah, they'll fucking do the job. I actually was looking at the Cockatoo squad and I was very disappointed by the lack of um, representatives from the from the Cowra region. Uh, only one. And I thought, tell you what, you guys, you guys get back to me on this one, but it looks like there's a lot of Central Coast players. Can, like, can someone, is there a bit of bias in the selections there? Can someone from Cowra reach out? Grippy. Um, but like, Grippy, I know you're cent- listening. A lot of Central Coast players. And I thought, gee, that, oh, I'd like to, I'd like to see the bloody, you know, Avoca Sharks head out to head out to Cowra and try and do their job out there because I think they'll get a rude awakening. 
or the Eagles. It's also, just on that, good to see oh. 54-year-old, uh, great, great city, by the way, Cara, just for anyone wondering. Absolutely fantastic. Good, uh, Yeah, just on the Cockatoo squad, great to see 55-year-old um, flanker, Paulie Tuala, still running around. <laughs> That guy's a fucking <laughs> legend. <laughs> yeah, he's a nice person in the world. I met him first on that tour, which we've never spoken about at that Barbas tour, but no. that was the first time I'd met him properly. And he was friends with some people I knew, like the Jared Braze of the world from when he's up in Gordon. And I was like, well, this guy's really nice. And he Good doesn't look, he, tell you what, he, I was only 25 at the time, 24, and he looked fucking, he still looked younger than me and he still looks younger than me now. So Handsome guy. He Very should handsome. play until Tom Brady retires at least. 45. Very handsome guy. Um, Very handsome. Thinking, James Slipper is the Tom Brady of Australian rugby. Boom. Why? Keep, keeps going. That guy's my age and he's still going. Remarkable. He's got to be one of right. our greatest ever. Loose head pro. Mate, I, I, Needs to get his nose fixed. Needs to get his nose fixed. Sorry. He'll be right. He's a good sort. I need, like, we all need to get something fixed. I need a quick nip tuck. I mean, we, I've been, I, you, I'm sure you've been running since last time we spoke. I've been running. I haven't. Lifting. I haven't. <laughs> I've, been I've been lifting though. I've been lifting heaps of tin, and my, I've got to play these fucking three games in September, and I'm just in pieces. I'm in pieces. Like I'm, my, I'm in so much pain. Like my, I got a couple of slip discs, but I just can't do it. Like I literally, I fell asleep on. The, if I fall asleep on the lounge, mate, you might as well be wheeling a wheelchair. I'm fucking done for the week. I had back pain for 15 years. And then when I stopped playing, no more back pain. Really? Yeah. You think it I feel like it's scrums or hanging <laughs> around with backs every week. <laughs> I ain't carrying this side, mate. Um, yeah. Or, or I will say, yeah. So I'll, I'll get another episode of Eddie Grievances up. Last yes. week. Was- Hold on. Let's talk about that show. That is my new favorite fucking podcast. <laughs> I'm thinking of just creating a separate AE Grievances podcast on the Wandering Bear Sports Network because fuck, it's funny. And you get some fucking great people calling in or you calling them. Explain what it is first and then, and yeah, then so we'll promote it a little bit. I've put two episodes out. It's basically, I just call people in my phone, basically. And the, the grand end plan is for me to just have a burner and people can call me at any time. Look, will heaps of people call me and tell me I'm a piece of shit? Probably. But... I'll tell them they're a piece of shit. And then also, I'll, I'm, I'm not going to put them all in, but I'll just call people up and ask them what's bothering them. Or I might put something to them if I know that it'll bother them. Um, it varies. Like some people talk about rugby. Some people talk about like fucking China. Some people talk about things that have to be beat out. Um, and it's kind of fun. So I, look, it's it's, it's certainly too. it's an easier one because you can sort of, I can just lie in my lounge and fucking call someone and be like, you're on. And um, yeah, it's look, it's it's very funny. I think there's there's probably something to it as well. I, I, there's something to the burner idea. Just having, I just go right. Call me between four and five on a bloody Tuesday, and anyone can call in and just crap on about anything they want. Um, but if I didn't learn how to edit, we would not be having this conversation. Right, we'd be in some sort of prison. I, I think it's hilarious. I think it's hilarious. I, the, my favourite one was where you told the guy that the Wallabies were going to take a knee. <laughs> yeah, that was very good. Well, I knew it was going to get him. Based uh, on the week before when I had to just beep out everything he said, I cut out full and he put his heart, he put his name, he put his work and where he lived in there and I just beeped it all out. I'm like, I, 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 rang, I did ring one person and then after about the third person I rang, I just had messages from the first three people going, 
oh, actually, take me down, take me down, take me down. And I was like, well, it's all right. I'll cut everything out. But, um, yeah, it's, it, it's fucking funny. Oh, so I've got a few. I've done a few already this week. And I'm hoping that I'll do a few more tonight. Well, can you please? I want to be on that show whenever you get around to it. I got a few. Oh, would you like me to call you? I would like to be on Air Your Grievances. It's my favorite well, it's, show. So. It's anonymous. It's anonymous. Well, that's so. fine. I don't care if people know it's me. I actually need to get. Can you some change voices? voices? Can you change voices? Yeah, I actually can. That's the craziest thing. I can do robot voice. I what are you programming? It? What are you doing it on? Oh, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah, I've got it here somewhere. But it, I just, it, mate, I, it was just learned by like monkey learning how to fucking edit. Um, because I knew I couldn't put it out without it. And it, look, it was, it's it's been very funny. I need, I'd like a few of the boys from the bush to put their grievances in because I feel like the oh, Tommy's a, funny. I'll get, I'll get, I'll get Tommy your number. Yeah, please do because I feel like a few of my mates who are like bitching about getting a fucking, you know, weak soy latte. You know, they'll get put in perspective by the fact that they're the hay bailers fucking busted or. You know, you know, the cop in town's been real, real problems, <laughs> real problems. Not fucking, not fucking um, my, my almond latte is fucking seven dollars, you know. Yeah, 100%. Well, I've um, this has actually not been an episode of me blowing up particularly, but it ended it was, up good, I think. Ended up good. A there bit was of a slow start, we warmed into it a little bit, but well, uh, you know, I can't just, yeah. The, the thing is, you can't just yell about things if you don't want, like, if they're not yelling things. Some of the things we discussed were very important, um, but there'll be times for yelling. So, should we um, do you have anything that you want to, um, anything that's bothering you particularly this week? Any inspirational messages for, for people? I, I've worked out what we need to do as a strategy is we need to cut this podcast up into five or six clips and put it out on all social media channels, YouTube shorts, YouTube, fucking TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We've got to be better at that. And um, that's probably me. I've got a computer again now, so I could do a little bit more of that. Um, But sorry, I just went off on another tangent. What's bothering you this week? What inspirational messages do you have uh, for our loyal audience? To the audience, I say... Stand by and stand ready. Um, <laughs> do you know who that's from or not? No, nah. nah, it's all right. It's what Trump said. He got in trouble. Um, For war? Like talking about war? No, when they tried to say that he wanted people to raid the Capitol building. He said, oh. stand by, stand by, stand ready. <laughs> so I saw a really good thing that Trump put out the other day. I'll send it to you. It's about got- how pe- people quit too early and they would have been successful if they didn't quit. It's uh, it's quite good. Yeah, look, all you need, right, is just a, a can-do attitude and a couple of billion, and you can turn that into at least an extra two billion. So, no, look, I don't know. Or I'm not sure what it is. I'd say keep your phone on you, everyone. Um, if you'd like to be called, then just DM DM the program, and uh, I'll I'll try and call you up. All right. Are you going to be having silly Sunday this week? You reckon? Mate, at the, at the conclusion of this season, whatever it may be, hopefully in a month, I think there's a good chance I just go to bed. And then sleep they're like, week. where's Jed? He's been away for 14 days and I'm just hibernating. He's shut down. He's in his room. There's moss <sighs> growing on his head. The last couple of years have been fucking wild. Can you believe yeah. that they shut the world down for two years? Yeah. Well, I'm yeah. reading book. I read books, everyone. I read books, so Can fuck you. you. Recommend any? No, I like I like crime thrillers things, oh, okay. but I the 
Yeah, I don't. I'm over biographies. I, I don't want to hear about. It. I want to hear fantasy fucking shit. Um, but I'm reading books where they're talking about COVID as if it like was an event that happened, and I'm like, I swear we're just doing it now. But like they're like, you know, it's years, part man. of the it's part of the storyline. It's been two years. It's two years. I'm not getting back. You know what? I'd like those two years back. Okay. I would like them the government to officially take two years back off the clock, and we all just go two years younger because we got nothing from the two years. Two years. Unbelievable rain, bunch of people got sick for a week. Coffee seven bucks. Barley's expensive. Anyway, that's probably enough for this podcast. Um, yes, yeah, we. I had a great time. We're going to put this out tomorrow. Please like, subscribe, share, tell a friend, be a friend, and as always, please send Jed nudes. And if you do not chew caffeine gum, fuck you. Fuck you, everyone.